Well, Australian wage growth is in line with expectations, but where to from here as the economy opens up? Could it pick up more in the next quarter? We'll look at what that means for the RBA if it does. Plus, UK inflation, much more than expected. The highest growth in prices since 2011. Does that make a ray rise from the Bank of England next month? All but certain. It's Thursday, the 18th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a little today. It's lost 0.6% to the Japanese yen. The euro is pretty flat. The pound is up half a percent. The Aussie dollar is down almost half a percent, perhaps because of the upside surprise hoped for with wages wasn't there, uh, which we'll discuss in just a moment. Equities have been uh, had the wind knocked out of them, and the Dow is down 0.4%, a quarter percent fall in the S&P 500. The Nasdaq is down a third of 1%. Shares in Europe also not doing well, down half a percent in Spain and in the UK. The DAX is pretty flat. Bond yields weaker in the United States. 10-year Treasury is down three basis points, down three as well on 10-year gilts in the UK, down seven basis points in Canada, whilst Aussie yields are up three basis points to 1.85%. And oil down a fair bit, almost a 3% fall in WTI this morning, a 2.3% drop in Brent. Uh, Now, we are adding to our repertoire today. Not only do we have NAB's David DeGarris in London, we also have Ivan Cahoon, NAB's Markets Global. Global Head of Research with us in Sydney. Good morning, uh, look, We'll start with you, Ivan, and the wages data, the wage price index from uh, Australia yesterday, which wasn't a big surprise. I mean, it was in line with expectations, but w- what was your take on it? There were a few positive signs, I'd say. Overall, if you look at wages growth, 0.6% for the quarter, mm-hmm. 2.2 for the year, um, it has picked up. Uh, And really, there's a couple of special factors holding that number a little bit lower than than it really is. There's still some public sector wage freezes um, that were introduced due to COVID, holding the aggregate measure down. And then also, there was the national wage case, which was separated uh, in some sectors um, between quarter three and quarter four. So Mm. if you look at private sector wages, which don't have the public sector uh, part, they were 0.6 for the quarter, 2.4 year over year. And again, we'd probably have seen a 0.7 if it wasn't for that split um, in the two uh, the national wage case between mm. the two quarters. Right. So the RBA going to be happy about this? Well, I think they should be. Um, wages have clearly picked up um, a little. Um, they're back to pre-pandemic uh, rates of uh, growth. And they're a lot faster than the RBA was predicting uh, back in May. Back mm. in May, the RBA was predicting wages would be around 1.5% uh, at, at this period or at the end of the year, and we're really a lot closer to 25 Now, that's not the 3% yet that um, the bank is, is looking for, uh, but it's, it's a lot better than this one and a half or sub yeah. 2% pace that the bank's been characterising. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look forward, I, I really do think they uh, haven't done a very good job at forecasting most variables. GDP's recovered a lot faster than they expected. Unemployment's fallen far quicker. Inflation's risen more quickly. And again, wages have recovered more quickly. So it's pretty um, clear, I think, that to understand why the the markets or the interest rate markets aren't really 
convinced about the governor's um, central case prediction that mm. rates won't rise until 2024. Yeah, or whenever. I mean, to, to your point, they've got a few things wrong, haven't they? And, and it, it's outcomes-based, isn't it? It's not actually time-based. Yes. Um, and in fact, if you'd listen to the bank's messages from the speech on th- on Tuesday, the minutes on Tuesday, and it's particularly the question and answer session from the governor on Tuesday, he, uh, he said there's now a plausible scenario where rates could rise in 2023. Uh, he actually even said that there's a small probability, he thinks it's very low or close to zero, that rates could even rise in 2022. But that one will really need a very sharp acceleration in wages over the next six months. Well, it's possible, isn't it? I mean, you know, we are seeing prices going up around the world. Wages, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise, would it? What, what do you think the, the chances of that happening here in Australia? Well, I think there's a pretty good chance we'll get a you know, some acceleration in wages from where we are. The labour market is very tight already. The demand for labour is very strong. And I think for the next three to six months, we'll still be dealing with pretty um, closed or restricted borders over that time. So it's likely we're going to see wages uh, pick up Mm. Um, and the unemployment rate continue to drop. So what's the, where does that leave us? What is NAB's prediction for what the RBA is going to do and when? Well, we're also looking for wages to continue to pick up in the short term, unemployment to continue falling. We think that will mean the RBA will complete its QE program in February and that the RBA will increase interest rates in the middle of 2023. But I would say that... Um, The near-term data prints on wages, on unemployment, are really likely to keep the the interest rate markets worrying about earlier moves and doubting the Reserve Bank's forecasts. Well, we've been uh, seeing a lot of that, haven't we? Anyway, thanks, Ivan. Uh, Uh, Over to London now, and David Garris, who's been looking at uh, those UK inflation numbers. 4.2% 4.2% year on year, quite a step up, isn't it, from 3.1% in the year to September, and uh, obviously quite a bit more than the Bank of England's 2% target. Um, I mean, this was a, a, a big surprise, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a surprise. The market was expecting a punchy number, mm. Phil. Uh, the, mum, the, the market was expecting 0.8 in the month, uh, one, uh, and, and it got 1.1 in the month. So... That was a big number, the 4.2 annually, considering a year ago, you know, inflation was struggling to remain in uh, in positive territory. Yeah. So inevitably, we had the sort of headline grabbers that you would expect. You know, the month-on-month number was the highest for 28 years and the annual rate the highest for a decade, I think. So inevitably, all those sorts of comparisons but what is, um, isn't, it, isn't it curious though? Because we've got we've got str- we had strong <clears throat> jobs data last week in the UK as well. We've got this yes. high inflation number now, but we've had five months yes. of falling retail sales. It's hard to join the dots on all of this, isn't it? It is. So it's telling you, I think, you know, when you, when you when you see that, yeah, you know, it, it's telling you something about the supply side of the economy, isn't it? The mm. damage under the supply side of the economy. So we know that's that's been happening in in oil. We know that's happening in energy markets, indeed. Uh, electricity and gas contributed something like uh, 0.7 percentage points of the increase in the in the annual rate. Petrol prices are up another three percent, and there's more of that coming next month, based on you know where oil prices are right now. Used car price inflation up 23 percent. That's the shortage of of chips, and maybe the, you know as we would. Uh, 
the, the industrial production numbers that we saw um, the pre- yesterday in the US may be telling us that maybe some of those pressures are starting to ease. So if it's, so if, it, if it's all supply side, you know, I mean, yeah, and, and yeah. everyone is saying, well, okay, this is sort of, you know, the commentary today is very much, well, this is sort of like uh, uh, really does solidify that the Bank of England is going to do something next month. But if this is all supply side, surely that's going to be factored, factored into the bank's decision. I mean, everyone is there Indeed. saying there's going to be a rate rise. What if they don't deliver it, which, you know... <laughs> Wouldn't, well, be the, wouldn't be the first time in living memory. Even if you're a goldfish, well, it's not the first time in living memory. The <laughs> second in two months, perhaps, some yeah. people might say. Mm. But, um, you know, they, they've, uh, they lo- they've laid the groundwork out. You know, you know uh, we know the governor is, is worried about inflation. Uh, we know that they've been laying the groundwork out for, you know, probable rise in, in, in the bank rate over the next few months. And we had one of the uh, MPC members today, Catherine Mann, talking about clearing the decks from the point of view of, you know, she, was, she wasn't she was going for a rate rise last month, but she was wanting to stop QE so that, you know, you didn't have QE continuing and a rate rise in the same month, like, you know, one foot on the brake and one on the, on the accelerator. And that makes a lot of market sense, I think. So, um, you know, the, the ducks are being lined up there, but will, will they push the button? So, you know, if we hadn't had those statements from the Bank of England, you might be of a mind to say, well, if it's supply side, what can a rise in interest rates do to resolve that mm. in the medium term, let alone in the near term? But, um, you know, the, the Bank of England does have an inflation target. Um, so the ball is very much in their court now, you know, strong labour market numbers. Now, you could take that partly as a sign of strong demand. Um and then the inflation numbers, which has a lot to do with the supply yeah. side, and we've, that's very much a global story. We're isn't not it? seeing not seeing retail demand. Retail sales have been falling. So you know, that's right. Yeah. And isn't there a danger that anyway? We, we you know we, we could talk about this forever, couldn't we? There's a danger if they push push interest rates up, it makes uh, the cost of living more expensive. For everybody, everyone wants to push it their does. wages up. And there's, and, and there's a lot of headwinds coming that the UK mm. household, the UK consumer, is still facing. Right, another yeah. rise in the off-gem uh, default tariff. You know, next April, after the what twelve point two percent in in um, in this month, we've got you know had the VAT increase, tax rises, yeah. uh, the cutback in the uh, in the universal credit payments. So this is the last thing people. It's a lot want. of a lot of headwinds there, Phil. It certainly held the pound, didn't it? In, uh, meanwhile, uh, Cana- absolutely Canadian inflation. Uh, also up there. It's at 4.7%. That wasn't a surprise, though. That was expected. And there's high expectations yeah. uh, for hikes from the from the Bank of Canada over the next 12 months as well. Indeed. And, and I think we have to keep in mind, too, that their inflation numbers started from a, a higher level yeah. than uh, has been the case on this side of the Atlantic. So their core rates, Phil, are already, you know, uh, you know, I'm just looking here at the trim version. They've got three versions, the common, the median, and the trim and that one's already at 3.3, so that's well beyond their target. And there's one of them that's just below, and that's 1.8. So uh, they're very much into that territory that would, you know, make them seriously thinking about it. And, you know, they've already started the uh, the tapering process, so they're very much on track for uh, for rises in rates in the next little while. And what's, there's a lot, of, uh, lot more caution today. Uh, US equities are down, the dollar's lost ground, the yen has mm. pick, picked up a lot of that. There's been a bit more demand for bonds. So uh, the mar- have the markets been spooked by these UK numbers, do you think? Has it uh, travelled across the Atlantic? It, 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 it could be part of that. So, you know, the... the, the the, the you know the, you know from a, from a purely from a yield valuation point of view in terms of equities 
um, generally speaking, they don't like the idea of inflation rising. And I know it's a little bit different now because maybe businesses have got more margin power. Maybe they haven't. Um, but, you know, when you've got inflation rising and, and rates going up, that's not usually a stock-friendly environment, is it? And we've been we've been uh, lulled into thinking that the NASDAQ seems, you know, resilient to all of this, but here we are today and, uh, and yeah. stocks are down. But we've got further of the day, we've got more of the day to go. And we're actually, you know, when I look at what's been happening to longer bond yields today, Phil, that they've been falling. So let's see how that goes in the next uh, hour or two, you know, the hour of power and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Could make a last-minute recovery. Now, housing starts in the US have fallen a little, 0.7% down month-on-month month in October. That's on top of a 2.7% fall in September. Uh, mm. But that's easy to explain, isn't it? Uh, even I can understand this. It's more expensive to build a house right now, so you probably won't do it <laughs> just yet. Not great news yeah, if you're a builder. No, that's right. And I think the interesting thing there, Phil, is that permits, the trend in permits seems to be turning around. Yes. So we know we know that they were builders were hamstrung by the availability of supplies, you know, lumber. You know, we talked about that six months ago. Well, that's almost back to the lows, you know, after after massively increasing. So maybe supplies are just starting to, you know, come through again. So if permits are rising, yeah. homes, new home sales are starting to rise, um, the cycle's turning again. So, yeah. so that, I mean, that, that, that is a sign some it, of those supply side issues are being resolved. Yeah, and it shows, you know, people, yeah, getting the permits, they're doing the building, doing the paperwork Correct. before they do the building. So they, that, that just suggests it's a transitory thing, doesn't it? That's the word for today, uh, the, well, for, for the year, <laughs> transitory. How many times can we use that? New word. <clears throat> uh, yes. What's the story with oil before we finish off? Yeah, look, just just quickly, um, you know, oil prices, you know, which seemingly were on their way towards eighty five to ninety dollars a barrel. Brent now it's trading sub eighty, so it's down two dollars sixty three today. There is a story around today that uh, President Xi and President Biden uh, discussed, you know, uh, the U.S. oil situation and whether the U.S. would release some oil from their strategic reserves. So it's conceivable that's uh, just uh, put a cap on oil prices for the time being. For, anyway, for now. <laughs> Right. It, well, it did but that now. before, didn't it, when they released uh, some of the reserves. So I think the next day it was uh, uh, switching direction again. Look, today uh, we get the uh, two-year inflation expectations from the RBNZ. I think the, the, the uh, BNZ guys are saying uh, be careful of uh, jumpy traders overreacting to that number. We get the weekly jobless numbers from the US, of course, the Philly Fed business outlook. I think that'll do. Uh, and we'll catch you again soon. Gavin's on tomorrow. See you, see, see you next week, Dave. Will do, Phil. Cheers. And I'm Phil Dobby. Catch you in the morning. Have a great day.